This isn't the real Caesar's Palace, is it? What do you mean? Did Caesar live here? Um, no. I don't think so. I went to Vegas last weekend. Pretty crazy. Vegas, baby! Vegas! Gentlemen, welcome to Las Vegas. Why don't you give me half the money you were gonna bet? Then we'll go out back, I'll kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it a day! Some guys just can't handle Vegas. Hello and welcome to episode number five of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. My name is Jeff and I will be your host for this podcast journey to fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, a.k.a. Sin City. Now, before we get things rolling for this episode, I got a few housekeeping bits I want to take care of. First off, I want to apologize for my voice. I've been battling a cold for the last few days and it's taken a real toll on my throat. I didn't want to not get an episode out this week, so... Here we are. This is what we have to work with. I will do my best to battle through. And again, I do apologize. Secondly, some big news for you. The Jeff Does Vegas podcast has a new home. We're now being hosted on Podbean, which is one of the biggest podcast providers on the planet. With Podbean, you've got easy access to all the past episodes of the show in one spot. Plus, you can subscribe to the show so you'll get notifications of new episodes and You can post comments on episodes to share your thoughts with me and your fellow listeners. Also, make sure you download the Podbean app for Apple and Android so you can listen to the show on the go. Speaking of which, the Jeff Does Vegas podcast, also available on iTunes and Spotify, so be sure to subscribe there as well. And if you're sitting in front of a computer, you want to listen old school, guess what? You can do that too. We've got a brand new website with show notes and links for each episode. You can find that at jeffdoesvegas.com. Also, we're finally set up on our own social media. Jeff Does Vegas podcast is up and running on Twitter and Instagram at Jeff Does Vegas and on Facebook as well. Just search out Jeff Does Vegas. Thirdly, want to say thanks to Chris over at the Faces and Aces podcast for running a segment from episode two of my show, on his most recent episode about street hustling. If you want to hear the segment, along with some other real cool Vegas stories and interviews, head over to facesandaceslv.com and check out episode 59 of his show. Also, Chris and I are planning on doing some crossover episodes this year, and we're currently working on brainstorming some ideas for those, so be watching for info on that. And last but not least, I want to say thanks to you, And everyone else who's been listening to the podcast, we are averaging around 100 listens per episode. And although that might not sound like much in a world where some podcasts have millions of listens, for a dude from Canada talking about his trips to Vegas, I think that's not too bad. And again, it's because of folks like you who are listening and sharing episodes with your friends and followers, which hopefully will be even easier thanks to the new website and the new hosting on Podbean. All right, that's all for the housekeeping side of things. So let's get going with episode number five of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. For this episode, I want to cover a topic that I'm hoping is going to be very helpful for both first time visitors and Vegas veterans alike. I want to talk about spending money in Vegas. One of the top questions that I see posed on various Vegas Facebook pages that I'm a member of is, How much money do I need to bring to Vegas? And the answers that I see posted are varied and very wide ranging. And honestly, 
there really isn't a right or wrong answer to this question. Here's the neat thing about a Vegas vacation that can't really be applied to other vacation destinations. Vegas can literally be whatever type of trip you want it to be. You want to play high roller and spend $3,000 a day on gambling, expensive liquor, and high-end meals? You can do that. Maybe you're budget conscious and you want to keep things low-key. Well, you can do that too. Or if you want to land somewhere in the middle, being sensible with your cash, but maybe splurging on a special meal or show, you can absolutely do that as well. The other thing that can often affect spending and budget on a Vegas trip is who you're making the trip with. Chances are that if you're there with a spouse or significant other, your spending is going to be quite different than if you're doing a solo trip. And if you're doing a group trip with a bunch of buddies or girlfriends, your spending is going to be different again. I've done all three types of trips and I can attest that my budget varies greatly on each one. For example, when I've done solo trips, it's easy to get away with an average budget of $150 or $200 a day. As a solo traveler, I find I'm eating dinners at lower-end or mid-level restaurants, and I'm more apt to stick with places like Starbucks for breakfast and maybe a sandwich and some fruit for lunch, which I can quickly and cheaply grab at a Walgreens or a CVS. When I'm on a trip with my wife, the budget tends to jump up to around $400 or $500 a day. Obviously, both of us are eating, so that naturally increases the meal cost. Plus, when it's the two of us, we're more likely to go for an actual sit-down breakfast and lunch, and we tend to eat dinners at mid-level or higher-end restaurants. Also, when I'm in Vegas with my wife, we hit the outlet malls and we'll take in a couple of shows, both of which add to the spending. As for the friends trip, I've only done that once and I had to plan the budget for that trip differently than for any other trip I've ever done to Vegas. I figured that most of my meals would probably be at food courts or low-end restaurants. I knew I likely wasn't going to be taking in any shows while I was there and there was only a slight chance I might get away for some shopping or maybe to check out some attractions. However, I still budgeted for around $500 a day. Why? Liquor. I'm not a big drinker when I'm solo, and even when I'm with my wife, we don't drink a lot. We might have a drink or two with dinner, or maybe while we're sitting at a casino or hotel bar, but that's really it. On a friend's trip, totally different story. We did a lot of drinking, and for the most part, alcohol in Vegas is not cheap. If you're spending your day by the pool, you're probably spending anywhere from $10 to $12 a beer. And that's if you're buying them by the bucket, which is what we were doing. We were taking turns buying rounds for the group. Then, if you go out to any of the higher-end casino lounges, you're dropping anywhere from $15 to $20 for a basic cocktail. Going to a nightclub, $20 to $25 bucks for that same cocktail. And if you decide you want to book VIP bottle service at a club, you're going to be breaking out even more cash. I know that when we did it, to cover the table, two bottles, VIP entry, mix, and a hostess, plus the tip, we each chipped in about $400, and there were six of us, so you do the math. Now, to be fair, it was a cool experience, it was on my bucket list, I'll probably never do it again, but it was fun to do once. Now, something to keep in mind with the budget numbers I just quoted to you, these don't include my hotel stays and airfare. Because my airfare is paid in advance and I usually pay for my hotels ahead of time or I end up with comps, they're already covered off in the costs and I don't figure those into my budget. Also, if these numbers seem low, 
Keep in mind that I'm also not a big gambler. I spend on average maybe $150 a day on slots. I don't gamble every day and I'm not the type who wants to sit at a slot machine for hours on end. So if you are that type of person, increase your budget appropriately. Something else I've seen posted on several Facebook groups that's budget related are the so-called surprise costs, the costs that folks weren't anticipating that pop up on the trip that eat into your trip funds. Let's start with the big one, resort fees. Now, if you're a Vegas virgin, you might be asking, what are resort fees? Well, these are additional fees charged by the hotels and resorts for access to various amenities. They'll tell you it's for things like access to Wi-Fi, the fitness center, the business center, local calls, a daily newspaper, things like that. I know what you're thinking. I'm not going to use any of those things. Do I still have to pay for them? The short answer is yes, you do. However, there are a couple of ways to get out of paying them. The first way is to spend money at the various properties, either at bars, restaurants, and shopping, or to gamble a lot. Now, from what I've been told, you're going to have to spend a few thousand dollars to get them waived. So unless you're a high roller, don't count on getting them waived. You're probably just better off to pay them. The other way is on occasion, some properties will run no resort fee specials, meaning you don't have access to the amenities granted with the resort fee. However, I'd recommend checking to see what the room rate is for both the regular and special rates. I recently looked at booking Treasure Island's no resort fee special and found the room rate to be $85 a night, but the regular room rate was $50 a night plus the $35 resort fee, and I'd have access to the resort amenities. So just how much do resort fees eat up? Well, here's a few examples. If you're staying on the Strip, you're looking at $35 a night for spots like Bally's, the Luxor, or the Flamingo. And as the property goes up in status, so does the resort fee. So places like Mandalay Bay, the MGM Grand, Paris, those are $37 a night. The Bellagio, Aria, Caesars, and the Wynn are $39 a night. And the Palazzo and the Venetian top out at $45 a night. They're the highest on the Strip. Off-strip resorts like the Palms and the Hard Rock and what I like to call fringe strip resorts like the Stratosphere, Circus Circus, the Westgate, and the SLS, they'll charge anywhere from $20 to $33 a night. And staying downtown on Fremont Street will also save you a few bucks. It's an average of around $20 a night for resort fees, but keep in mind that saving might be offset by your transportation costs, especially if you're constantly needing to get over to the strip for meals or shows. Now, another hidden cost that tends to take people by surprise and can significantly add to your expenses is tipping. There's no question that Vegas is a tipping town and everyone, and I do mean everyone, wants their piece of the pie. You'll be tipping in restaurants and bars, of course. If you take a cab, you'll be tipping the driver directly. And if you take an Uber or Lyft, you'll be tipping via the app. If you take a shuttle to or from the airport, the driver is going to expect a tip for loading and unloading your bags. You can also expect to be hit up for tips by the attendants at the bell desk, the valet attendant if you happen to be parking a car, the guy at the cab stand who hails the taxi and opens the door for you, as well as the actual doorman at the hotel if there happens to be one. If you are lucky enough to hit a hand-pay jackpot while playing slots or you go on a roll at a table game, it's customary to tip the slot attendant or the dealer. 
Speaking of which, if you happen to get complimentary drinks while sitting at the bar playing video poker or playing slots, you'll be tipping the server or bartender there as well. And it's a nice gesture to leave a tip for the housekeeping staff if they're servicing your room. Some people leave a tip each day, others leave a tip at the end of their stay. Depending on what kind of a tipper you are, it's not difficult for tips to add 150 or $200 a day to your expenses, so just be prepared for that. Now that I've warned you about a couple of the surprise costs that might come up, how about we offset those costs with some tips on how to save money in Vegas or score yourself some deals. If you're a Vegas virgin, you've probably heard the tales of $4.99 prime rib buffets, $1 shrimp cocktails, and complimentary booze flowing freely. Sadly, those days of Vegas are long gone, replaced by penny-pinching corporations out to squeeze every possible nickel and dime out of their customers. However, there are a few ways to keep some bucks in your pocket for yourself, or at least allow you to spend it on stuff you want to spend it on. Before you head down to Vegas, there's a few websites you should check out. Hop over to smartervegas.com, travelvegas.com, and vegas for the number 4 locals.com. These sites all have great deals on hotels, tours, shows, and even buffets and restaurants. Also, be sure to check out Groupon as they often have some great deals as well for discounts, particularly on restaurants and attractions or tours. If you're on Facebook, and let's face it, who isn't, sign up for any of the awesome casino games that allow you to earn rewards for your trip to Las Vegas. I recommend My Vegas Slots and Blackjack, My Konami Slots, and Pop Slots. My Vegas Slots can be played on either your computer or the app on your tablet and smartphone. The rest are all app only. The cool thing is, they're all linked together, meaning you're earning points towards the same goal playing on all of them. You'll get emails every day for bonus chips and loyalty points, and if you play often enough, you can earn rewards pretty quickly. Personally, I've taken advantage of free monorail passes, free drinks at Coyote Ugly in New York, New York, free entry to the Shark Reef Aquarium at Mandalay Bay, and even comp rooms at the Mirage. Now, when you're redeeming rewards, be sure to check the terms and conditions first. Some rewards will have restrictions on dates of use or how the reward can be used. Once you actually arrive in Vegas, one of the first things you should do is sign up for the various casino loyalty programs like Total Rewards for the Caesars properties or MLife for the MGM properties. Several of the restaurants, bars, and shops at these resorts will offer discounts on food, beverages, and souvenirs just for showing your card. And if you're planning on coming back to Vegas often, these programs track your spending and help you earn comps or discounted rooms. Another great loyalty program, and I mentioned this one in the last episode, is the Lettuce Eats app. Several restaurants in Vegas and across the U.S. are part of this app, and eating at those restaurants help you earn points towards free meals. And if you happen to be there during your birthday month and you log into the app, you'll actually get a $15 credit towards your meal. And once you're in Vegas, there are lots of deals to be had. The key is knowing where to look. In one of the Vegas-related Facebook groups where I'm a member, I stumbled across something called the Las Vegas Cheap Sheet. Basically, it's a list of deals that can be found both on and off the strip on food and drinks. And I have to say there's some pretty awesome ones on here. Just a few examples. 50-cent draft beer at the Flamingo Happy Hour Bar every day between 5 and 6. 
$1 beer at the stage door on the Flamingo Road across from Bally's, $3 beer at the Casino Royale mid-strip. Every lunch item at Ocean One Bar and Grill and the Miracle Mile Shops in Planet Hollywood, just $4.99. Plus, they also do three-for-one $10 cocktails every day. Uh, you can get a, a 10-ounce steak and eggs breakfast from 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. at Ellis Island off the Strip for just $6. Those are just a few of them. I'll post the complete list up on our Twitter at Jeff Does Vegas and on Facebook as well at Jeff Does Vegas. So be sure to check that out. Now, of course, when you're in Vegas, you're going to want to check out shows. And if you're looking for show tickets ahead of time on the official websites, you might be a little put off by the prices. I mean, a top end ticket for any of the more popular shows can easily run $250 or $300. And if you're trying to do Vegas on a budget, that is definitely going to cut into your spending. Luckily, there's lots of ways to get discounts on tickets. When you're walking along the strip, you're going to see booths located in several spots for two of the big ticket resellers, these being Ticks for Tonight and Tickets on Demand. Ticks for Tonight offers deals on pretty much all of the big shows in town, including magic, comedy, dinner theater, adult reviews and topless shows, and the big production shows like Absinthe, Blue Man Group, and pretty much all the Cirque du Soleil shows. The discounts they offer on shows are usually 25% or more, and sometimes same-day show discounts can be even better. Ticks for Tonight also offers some great discounts on concerts, attractions, tours, restaurants, and buffets. Needless to say, they're definitely worth checking out, and I can tell you from personal experience that I've gotten some pretty decent deals buying through them. Tickets on Demand is a relatively new player in the discount ticket world in Vegas. They're also unique in that they're exclusively partnered up with MGM Properties. So if you're trying to snag tickets for any of the big shows like Cirque du Soleil's Beatles Love at the Mirage or Michael Jackson The One at Mandalay Bay, this is one of the places you're going to find tickets. Now, to be honest, in my research and price comparisons, I've yet to find a really good discount at Tickets on Demand. I've found their prices to be comparable to the regular box office prices with just a very slight discount. Where I have had some great experiences is with the website Vegas.com. In fact, that's where I scored my amazing ticket when I went to go see uh, Beatles Love back in November. I booked it via their mobile website a few hours before the show and ended up with a ticket in the second row. I got the ticket for close to 50% off full price and really couldn't beat the convenience of the whole thing. It was an e-ticket delivered right to my smartphone. They scanned my phone at the door. Simple as that. I've bought several show tickets in the past from Vegas.com, and I've never had a problem. So again, I would highly recommend purchasing from them. And one last quick point about show tickets, and I briefly covered this back in episode two of the podcast. Don't fall for all the free ticket offers that you'll get while walking along the strip. These are not legit offers. They're going to require you to attend a timeshare presentation that's going to eat up a good portion of your day and you'll be subjected to high pressure sales tactics by people trying to convince you to drop several thousand dollars on a so-called vacation property. Also, you can end up with a pair of show tickets that you easily could have bought for yourself.
All right. I think that's about it. I've hit you with a lot of info on this particular episode. So if needs be, feel free to go back and re-listen to parts of the show while you're trying to plan your budget for your next trip. And if you have any questions, once again, find us on Twitter and Instagram at Jeff Does Vegas and give us a follow and search on Facebook for Jeff Does Vegas and like us there as well. And of course, if you want to check out the past episodes of the show, they're all up and posted, available for you at jeffdoesvegas.com. Thank you again so much for listening. My name is Jeff, and this has been episode number five of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast, a Walker New Media production.